Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. What's Doggett, site founder? Andrew Stretch, anime boy editor. Anime boy editor. That is a scary editor title, my friend. Uh, Otten is not with us this week. He is, I don't know, buried Playing under Fortnite Sonic. is in Sonic. a big competition this weekend. Oh, that's a good... Actually, yeah, because Fortnite season yeah, started today. And, <laughs> Fortnite um, season... <laughs> Enter, <laughs> we'll add that in post. <laughs> enter the number here uh yeah so i'm sure he's jumping in there playing with all of his best friends goku and jerry from the witcher he's super excited that deku from my hero academia is joining let me tell you mm, he you wouldn't really shut up about that it. sounds just like Otten. yeah really are anime <laughs> boy editor aren't you stretch I know, I know some anime boys. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Goku. He's cool. Um, this week, we're going to talk about Midnight Suns. We've got Sonic Frontiers on the table and little snippets and pieces from a little-known Final Fantasy game called Crisis Core. Uh, but first, let's jump into some news. James Gunn, the new uh, Kevin Feige of DC, has said that he wants the DC games that are coming out to be integrated into the upcoming DC universe, like the, you know, the MCU, but DC, you DCCU. Um, so we're going to see maybe a little bit more connection among all the, all the different Marvel or DC properties. It's all going to be one universe. Allegedly. I, I look I'm forward hopeful. to flying through rings as Superman again. That's yeah. just really what I miss the most about video games. I would love to be uh, Henry Cavill, former Witcher, flying through some some rings in Metropolis. What I can't wait for is Justice League 2 when they're fighting, I don't know, Darkseid. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, we have to save. We have to stop him from doing the evil thing. But first, Flash, I need you to save the, that Russian family. And I need to fly through the 20 rings of Gamora to save the world and then there's the video game tie-in right the spin-off where you play that part you know and then that's that's it's just all an endless runner yeah that yeah. would be that would be the most monkey paw aspect of this statement what if it's not that there will be like separate standalone titles that will tie into the greater story of the dc universe but they're just going back to like licensed video game movies <laughs> <laughs> like oh we've got the flash movie coming out Let's release the Flash video game. Like, look, here's the part where he beats up a, a woman in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm i wondering, too, what a, what a yeah. Flash video game would even look like. Whether it just be Sonic Frontiers, but red. Probably be right? blurry. Oh, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A Sonic but, Frontiers-esque game would be good. Um, be. They do yeah. the Flash powers pretty well in DC Universe Online. That's the, yep. the free-to-play MMO. Um, that at the start you can either pick your like method of fast transportation being the ability to like climb the super speed or flight um and flight was kind of boring but the super running in that is actually like really really um really fun like, right. really good to get into dc universe online was pretty solid at least mm -hmm. back when i played it like it was it was a good adaptation of um just like superheroes in general yeah marvel marvel too. heroes was great at that as well um, do you guys, do you guys think that um wasn't there a matrix mmo and the end of that mmo was integrated it's part of the, the core story and understanding of matrix do you think like literally the, canon 
yeah so do you think you know that maybe if they ever like they do the dc like mmo right they have that and then if that ends what if that's like a flashpoint you know or something like that where it like resets the whole universe they just did that with the the dc animated films because oh, people yeah. people shit on the the live action films rightfully so animated stuff is good but since but since i think 2011 or 2012 until like two years ago like 90 percent of the dc animated films were part of the same universe and the same continuity hmm. um and then they just kept building 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 it's like for people who enjoyed like justice league or justice league unlimited like if you want a big connected universe of dc heroes check out the animated movies but they had the last one which was a big fight with dark side the world got fucked up like wonder woman ended up half cyborg and like it's it just like so many people died it was just horrendous so bad everything and it ends with constantine like resting a hand on flash and being like run you can fix this reset all of this like wipe this out mm. <laughs> and then that's that was like the end of that continuity literally <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah uh, yeah maybe maybe that'll happen in a game now right and then that, <laughs> that'll give them the chance where like henry cavill can hang his cape we can bring in a new superman or something you know yeah yeah it's uh, the the dc eu is in such flux between what actors are and are not in it what plans they do and don't have you know they're definitely picking up some steam with ironically shazam and black adam <laughs> going pretty well but uh you know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting that they're like we're gonna keep adding to all of this and it's like well i i already don't know where this is like which stories are canon aren't canon i guess because superman showed up to eat lunch with the with the kid with the crutches at the end of shazam tells us that that's all in the same universe yeah but then the robert pattinson batman at least my understanding is it was not in any like it was just a yeah i think that that one thing. is just going to be standalone but then that also has a tv show coming out about the, the, penguin. the penguin and then we all thought joker was going to be that show no. uh, there's like mean, gotham in... and then wasn't there the penguin spinoff of that already or am uh, i misremembering no i think gotham I was its own show right that it was had a spinoff its own thing uh the pink no so the the upcoming one is is just meant to be the colin farrell one um we did have a pennyworth spin-off of right. uh the the other one that's what pennyworth i was thinking of the, the batman spotler yeah. yeah that's the spin-off yep. from gotham and then yep. i guess there's a batwoman coming well, there's batgirl well, that's already out no, there yeah, was not the, kept up with any of this. There was going to be the Batgirl movie, but then that was like kind of this, like the thing that kicked off all of the mass cancellations um, mm -hmm. and shit at DC. Oh, which, all the this, the Discovery merger, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's been a Batwoman series for the last three years. That is part uh, of yeah. what they're, yeah, yeah. What they're dubbing show. the Arrowverse now. Yeah, that's right. that's Arrowverse because then there's also meant to be kind of like what 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 gotham knights is as a video game they're also they were going to or they are going to make that its own tv show 
because Titans is still going and they've got the the Robin from that Titans and they've got Batwoman from over here. And I think Flash is, the Flash TV show is ending this year. I really hope that they just take Grant Gustin from the TV show, pick him up movies. and move him over into the movie universe and just plop him down there. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're a movie star now. Because to our knowledge, he hasn't kick, kidnapped anybody yet. So yeah, exactly. um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think one of the difficulties I'm seeing uh, with, with this idea of maybe the video games will be part of the DCCU, right? It's like, I mean, I think we've already experienced, we're, we're what, in the year 14 of the MCU, right? Like, we, we've, like, the MCU is almost old enough to vote. Um, we've gotten to the point where, I, and this is a little while ago now, where people have been saying, oh, there's so much to keep up with. You know, like, casual fans, it's like, oh, man, that's a lot. There's a lot of movies like this before even the Avengers Infinity Game and Endgame or Infinity War and Endgame. Right. People were already like getting a little bit of Marvel fatigue. The mm -hmm. TV shows don't really help with that. And TV shows are a bigger barrier to entry than a movie because that's like six to nine episodes to sit through. Right. A video game, depending on the video game, that can be like a 15 or 20 hour commitment to learn, you know, this secret thing about that or this secret thing about this right like mm -hmm. to then have it all tie in at the end with like an infinity crisis or something like that that's, that's kind of gonna how be I fell huge. off of the arrowverse stuff was like you had the flash and you had gotham and you had arrow and like it just got to a point where i was like this is too many tv shows to keep well, up with gotham right? was a part of it so i'm gonna immediately well, not part see of it, a problem there yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, actually all of this dc stuff kind of going on at the same time from yeah. a tv show perspective a movie's a movie right that's like an hour and a half two hours or so right but a, a full season on tv is what like 10 to 21 hours depending on how many episodes like, that's right it's a lot to commit to yeah because there's a time like just a few months ago I, I committed to like okay let's catch up on all things mcu and that took a while but that's like maybe a couple weeks so there's just a lot of movies which you know mm -hmm. you just dedicate an afternoon to one or two movies right mm -hmm. you you make progress pretty quickly but once you start throwing in a video game where it's not only just like you know you, you have about 15 hours of content to get through but then there's a possibility like what if it's a difficult video game or what if there's a lot of boring bullshit in between you and the ending right where like you don't want to get through it but then you have to get through it to find out how batman gets the iron man suit from marvel you know like there's yeah. a lot to there's a lot to get through it's a high barrier of entry especially for a very casual fan who might just be in it to like i'm looking for the next infinity war and Endgame five yeah. right yeah. yeah, if it's someone who who just like idly watches the Marvel films on the weekends after they've already come out on streaming services, then you know playing a playing a video game on a five hundred dollar console um, that's just asking a lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which probably means that it's either they will release it, but then they will have like you know. Uh, like the next movie will have the first 20 minutes be characters uh, vaguely alluding enough to relevant plot that is necessary so that they can just carry on and it's not required reading mm -hmm. or that just the topic of the games is going to be pretty insignificant. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of Gotham Knights, right? And that game, I mean, stretch you tried to play through it yeah. <laughs> the keyword try yeah yeah it, it got it was rough right they just filled it with so much bloat right and if that's a core part of this the future vision of the universe that that that's a tough pill to swallow huh wasn't yep. there another co-op one coming out 
Is yeah, it, the uh, Justice yeah, League. Uh, is it Justice Squid League? Kills the Justice League. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, where Superman's evil because because of Brainiac, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Brainiac? Yeah. Yeah, Brainiac. Brainiac mm-hmm. took all the Justice League over, which is definitely not the same as the fantastic Justice League versus Teen Titans animated film where it was Trigon that took over everyone and it was up to the uh, Teen Titans to save the day. Nor was it anything related to the recent Battle of the Super Sons, which only came out a few months ago, which is Starro showing up and taking over the Justice League. And it's up Mm -hmm. to Batman and Superman's sons to save the day. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm just glad that we're finally seeing an evil Superman. I feel like it's a really fresh take on the character that we just haven't <laughs> seen before. I'm surprised that people aren't wanting, like, Red Sun Superman to be in a game to beat up. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, I think I'd be more excited about this news if this can- if this news came out around the time the Injustice games came out, because those actually had a good DC story, yeah. and it was interesting, mm-hmm. and I'm like 90% sure that's the where Scott Snyder was going, or Zack Snyder was going with, uh, with his initial DC vision, with like the four-hour Snyder cut and shit. That was totally building up to an Injustice-inspired story, but... If you're interested in checking out more Injustice, you can check out the Injustice animated movie that they came out with last year. <laughs> Is that bad? I heard it was bad, right? No, I mean, it's was, it's it? like the start of the... Uh, they they kind of, like, let it happen, but then give it a happy ending. Oh. Um, but they, like, you know, it it's like a, an 8 out of 10 that tries to do a forward tumble and stick the landing and then snaps its ankle. <laughs> Well, because the comics, the Injustice comics are legit very good. They're Highly, so fucking good. High, you get to see Alfred Pennyworth, you know, the butler, beat the shit out of Superman for a bit. It's fucking great. High recommend. Yeah. High recommend. Uh, let's shift into our next story of the day. It's a very surprising story. I, I hope you're both sitting down because this is going to be shocking. <laughs> uh, the United States Army, uh, did you know? that they have been pouring millions of dollars into esports and gaming in order to recruit Gen Z and millennials? Nope, never seen them on Twitch. Shocking. <sighs> Shocking. Our taxpayer dollars are hard at work recruiting children. I hate it so much. It's so <laughs> gross and predatory. Yeah, it I can't, is. can't believe they've done this. Yeah. They, no, yeah. from the organizations that have uh, JROTC at uh, high schools really just kind of prepping you to go into the army. Oh, yeah, uh, no, it's, oh, yeah. it's all like if you're uh, if you're military like, feeling like you want to do it, then sure. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone don't do it. But this is like Simpsons fucking super liminal advertising of like Ivat et Niaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, mm-hmm. go join the. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clarify, like we're not shooting on the army or any or people who serve, yeah. but the tactics that are used to recruit, um, especially through gaming, um, and what their what their focus is with with this, you know, multi million dollar what they're calling investment um, mm-hmm. is is interesting. I mean, six hundred thousand dollars they wanted to offer to IGN promote the army yeah yeah and it's just like first of all that is a lot of money 
even for IGN. No, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's just interesting, especially with the tactics we've seen on Twitch and kind of what they've come under fire for the last couple of years around streaming and recruitment uh, efforts on Twitch. Again, a lot of the people watching Twitch, honestly, are probably under 18. So very impressionable. Um, And, you know, Call of Duty ties into that. Um, we were talking about America's Army before the podcast. I remember mm. trying that in uh, in college just to see. Um, but it's remember, it's definitely it 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 always feels predatory to me um, when you're marketing in, to kids. Being in middle school in Australia and learning about America's Army, being like, oh, that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's the tough thing, right? Is because I mean, I grew up around the military i went to a military i went to a school on a military base in korea so i'm yep. just i was inundated with it a lot right and what's unfortunate is there are a lot of good reasons to get into the military like you know they, they pay for your schooling and they give you like if you have no direction in life it's not a bad place to go to like you know figure yourself out but it's also not like the only option right but there, there are legitimately good reasons for yourself as a human being to go into the military. The problem oh, yeah. is that they're, they're advertising or subtly advertising or like, you know, I don't know if advertising is the right word, but they're, they're using things like Hua, military call of duty, shoot those bad guys. Like, right. Like that's their marketing, not yeah. the good, like not the better parts of what the military can offer. So like these kids are getting into the military. Like, yeah, I can't wait to shoot the big M- M4 and the, the guns and blow shit up, you know? And it's like, that's, that sucks because war is bad i mean i don't think we need a controversial statement war is not war is bad shut it down now (laughs) war not good and these kids are getting into the army and their impression of the army is i can't wait to blow stuff up like in call of duty not great generally you know there's a lot more do it right there's um it's not just about the fighting it's about you know the the structure the um i mean there's there's code of ethics that basically are upheld across each branch um it, it's not just you go through boot camp and boom you're in a war there's a yeah, lot like- more to it and that's what typically gets glossed over um is is kind of the the structure and the um like you said the benefits even in terms of like what you can learn i know people who went into the army um for communications came out and they're now deep into cybersecurity. like mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of of positive jobs that you can um you not don't necessarily have to go into a war zone to learn um you know counterterrorism, counter uh counter hacking all that kind of stuff that's um are becoming very useful skills in our growing uh shitty cybersecurity world yeah um, like if, even if you if you get into the military by way of like west point academy or the air force academy right like where they're training you to be an officer like you're learning a lot of life skills that will benefit you whenever you retire or choose to leave the military like mm-hmm. none of those skills are going to go to waste generally you know yeah but I don't know. It's just it does feel really weird and sleazy, but also like same shit, different day kind of right. Because the mil- the military has yep. been doing this in the gaming space for can I say decades plural now? Is that 
I mean, yeah, America's Army was early early 2000s, 2000s, right? Yeah. Wow, decades. Early to to late. I think I was in college, what, 2008? Probably played it 2009, and it had already been out. So, yeah, mid-2000s. Wow. Well, and then there's also the influence on the, the movie industry as well. Right. And the permission you have to get to be able to to film some of these, you know, badass military um, scenes, I guess, like Transformers, very close relationship with the the army and the navy and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, the first Iron Man movie, lest we forget, was very hoo pro military. That's true. I forgot about that. It it was very much a post 9-11 world. I mean, we live in one, but like that movie made sure you knew this was a post 9-11 world. Was it that that, you know, my father told me that you don't want to have the best weapon. You want to have the best weapon that you only need to fire once mm-hmm. and then just lights up a mountain range. It's like, oh, that's that's not okay. Yeah. Hey, hey, why don't we calm that down a bit? Yeah. What, uh, what was it? it? Was the Jericho missiles? Yeah. 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 So this isn't really anything new. It's just you know we, we have more proof thanks to Vice getting those documents that be, be aware of happening. who is advertising at you. Yes. Because that's a good thing that you should be aware of in every facet of life. Well, always do your research, like. Ads never display the full truth. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been through similar things where, you know, I've come across a service for the site. Everything looked great on paper, and then we get in, and it's completely different than what's promised. So okay. always do your research regardless of, of what the medium is. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and I, I want to be clear, too, right, that if you are someone who's, you know, 17 18 19 right now listening and you are thinking about getting into the military we i don't like i don't want this segment to be like no military bad like never do it right because like again there are good reasons just make sure what you want in life you are doing it for the right reasons and you're getting into the military for reasons that will help you right yep 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 yeah because you can always play call of duty on the side no one's forcing you to do it in real life right like yeah Sure. And uh, to add on to that, cybersecurity, great profession right now. Yeah. Great place to be. <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of internet shit out there. You know that? Uh, we uh, we put out some. So my day job, I am a account manager for an IT firm. Um, we've got, we manage, I don't know, 100,000 or so computers. And in the last quarter, the number of attacks has gone up 62% um, from our tool sets, which Why is just preventing them? crazy. What's wrong with your company? Oh, we're preventing company, them. Right? But we're tracking all of it so it's <laughs> like uh malicious logins went up 62 percent, which for us was like millions of attempts um it's just it's crazy to see over the last 12 months how, how much things have ramped up so uh yeah That's so make crazy. sure you're going even to the right though, websites people that means even you at home like you know rut for example like you who was born to a mother whose maiden name was and who was born on what street? And the last can, four of your can social get into cybersecurity. Right. <laughs> hey, what's the name of your first pet? <laughs> I can make you a really funny drag name out of it. <laughs> yeah. So those those Twitter tweets you see out there where somebody's like, "Hey, what is this information?" Maybe maybe make sure it's not a security question. Yeah. Um, when you answer phishing, which yeah. we have seen. Um, <laughs> You know, it's just a good reminder too. If your password is password, 
probably don't. DinoPass.com, use the strong version, add some uh, special characters, you're good to go. There you go. Yeah, I'll always recommend Lost Pass. Mm. That too. Yeah. Or just get your password tattooed somewhere very not prominent, <laughs> like your forearm. Or your that butthole. People look, yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, if you don't want people to read your password, that's a good place for it to be. If I, hey, if you forget how what you your password is. Yeah, how do you? I mean, I, I get a mirror. Yeah. What, what kind of a dumb question is that? Stretch's wife walks in on him. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I forgot my password. I looked out of the bank again, dear. Yeah. I forgot my Pornhub password. I got it. I got to check. Well, I was oh, going so to buy flowers up. for your mother and I forgot the account. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's either remembering my mom's maiden name or looking at my butthole. I got it. This segment is so cursed. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, see speaking, any problem. Speaking of cursed, let's get into our last news story because it's a fucking doozy. It's a wild one. Uh, Smash World Tour was canceled earlier last week. Um, the people who put on the tournament uh, put out this big, this big like medium.com post uh, from Video Game Bootcamp. They said that they are ceasing any operation furthermore of the Smash World Tour and implied that Nintendo brought the brought the boot down on them and said no you can't and then nintendo came out and said we never said that and uh we're, we were trying to figure out licensing and they are okay to do anything else for the rest of the year and we will figure out 2023 licensing situation and then video game boot camp clap back and was like that's a lie and we don't believe that and well that's not true and that they said that we have to stop uh, and throughout all of this too, I think there's been um, video game boot camp has been implying that Panda, the the other esports company that does a big Smash tournament, that does an official quote unquote official one, they're that, licensed, yeah, yeah, they're licensed. That their CEO, Dr. Bunny, was kind of trying to shift things in the back end and the you know behind the scenes, so that way, essentially, they'd be the only Smash tournament because they're the only licensed one, et cetera, et cetera, right? And there's just a lot of back and forth, he said, she said here, right? Like Nintendo came back and was like, that's not true. And we care about our Smash players. We care about Smash fans and we want what's the best for them. And then, you know, Video Game Bootcamp again clapped back and was like, this is so confusing. We don't even know how to how to understand what this is because this is just crazy. Uh, and then Panda issued its own statement where they were saying it was... It's disappointing, right, to see these attacks, quote unquote, attacks on their hard work ethic, uh, and that they did admit that there have been some unscrupulous dealings with their CEO, Dr. Bunny, um, but that they are Dr. rectifying. Doctor Al, is it not Doctor Allen? Panda Global it says acknowledge. Doctor Allen in the statement. Gotcha. Okay, I'm not sure where you're getting. His last Dr. name Bunny. is Bunny. Yeah, Allen Bunny. Oh, Allen Bunny. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So. With all that, they they said, okay, there have been some, so we, we you know we acknowledge that. And we're saying he's not very warm and fuzzy. Yeah, uh, you could say that, yeah. Uh, and then now, I think the most recent development, as of twenty-ish hours ago from when we're recording this podcast, this was like maybe Saturday midday or so. Uh, around eighty percent of uh, you know commentators and players, like, like esports players. Uh, licensed or affiliated with Panda have resigned from Panda. Mm -hmm. That is the latest. 
that's crazy you know, it's it's been crazy to kind of read through and and, and watch this it, it's very interesting um you know communication with nintendo is hard i'll i'll be the first to admit that from our end right um and that has nothing to do with their pr people it's just they're a massive organization so i wouldn't be surprised if part of this was some sort of communication issue on either side but once you throw some of this panda stuff in it gets really murky and questionable in terms of like was panda leveraging like talking to nintendo like hey don't don't license them don't license them and then it got to the point where um smash world tour planned their championship like they'd been planning to do all year and then nintendo was like oh shoot we need to nip this in the bud despite letting it go the last two or three years yeah um it, it's interesting that nintendo says we were unable to come to an agreement when mm-hmm. Smash World Tour is saying there was no, like they were trying to have dialogue and come to an agreement, but Nintendo was like, well, we'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. We'll get back to you. And then all of this happened. Yeah. It's just, it's very, this whole thing is strange. It's not surprising, but it is strange and shady. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how everything like shakes out in the wash kind of thing. Like, you know, this will be ongoing for a thing and then someone will have their tell or story, whatever. Yeah. But, from all of the stuff that I've heard about the Panda CEO, it it very much seems like it's kind of like a this is a CEO who has grown who has grown a business, but maybe like has had a business advisor, you know, whispering in their ear, and they've been making aggressive plays, um, only to you know forget that like the Smash Bros community is so grassroots. Like there are still melee tournaments because the community is so strongly like vehemently for melee tournaments that from a business aspect, 100%, it is a smart play to edge out the competition so that you have a, a larger slice of the pie that you can take. You can have more room for upscaling, build out more events throughout the year, different locations from a business sense. 100 makes 100% makes sense. Like I can, you know, I cannot fault them from a business aspect attempting that. It's a shitty thing to do, especially when it's edging out other people. But because Smash is so grassroots and so about community first, what you have done is like the person in a position with the most power that you could slowly upscale, you have shot yourself in the foot because <laughs> yes. that's the thing too right is like the, the fighting game community like as far as communities and fandoms in the gaming space go they're the tightest pre- pretty wholesome and tight right like mm-hmm. they're they're really all about having fun like if you've never really watched a fighting game tournament like evo or whatever i mean it can seem you know intimidating at first because like these these two people are fighting each other in the game like they're intense they're competitors like it's ufc shit right but outside of the the competition you know everyone is just like we want everyone to have fun you know that's the whole vibe and they're quick to throw bad actors out yes very quick yes yeah if if you know anything about the smash community in the past i don't know like two years or so they're pretty quick to throw out the rotten apples right but this ceo if, if all of what is alleged is true is has been trying to say hey we want to monopolize the fun we don't want that other party to have fun which is very antithetical to 
everything that FGC generally stands for, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's a shame because I think that, I mean, like you said, the, the FGC is very tight knit. They all know each other. I mean, it's, that's just kind of the mindset around those types of games. They're nowhere near as big as call of duty or counter-strike or Valorant. Mm -hmm. So it is smaller and tight knit. And when you have things like this happen, Saturday makes sense for a lot of people to be like, we don't want to be associated with this. Yeah. 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 And I, and I do wonder too, how much that, that tight knitness comes from like, like call of duty is pretty easy to pick up and understand, right? Like in terms of mechanics, right? Shooters are pretty basic fighting games. I feel like it takes forever to just be okay. Not even good. Just like, okay. <laughs> right. And I, I wonder if like everyone knows that. So no one, like if you're, you're at least a semi decent person, you're like, I'm not going to be shitty to you. Like, I'm going to, I actually kind of want to help you. Like, here's a basic combo that I learned when I was learning that character. Right. And I feel like that kind of mindset is, is part of what's core to this, right. Is that they want no barrier to entry because fighting games already are, have a high barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. And now this is adding a bullshit barrier of entry that no one wants. That's yeah, why I, I love mean, wholesome Call of Duty clips, because it's just completely opposite of what you typically see <laughs> from Call of Duty. Have you found one? Oh, yeah. TikTok, <laughs> man. Uh, look up Slater. He uses, like, a kid's voice changer, and they are the funniest videos okay. um, of him just, like, trolling people and, uh, like, in a really positive way, like, uplifting his teammates and mm. making jokes throughout the whole thing. It's those kind of or, uh, there's now a uh, cash cab guy who just drives around the map picks people up and uh has them answer historical questions about call of duty um which is really funny that's uh, but nice. just like that type of stuff is completely abnormal for kind of that scene and we're starting to see it pick up with like tiktok and youtube shorts and stuff like that so yeah bring more wholesome stuff to games please the the panda cup finale is set to take place december 16th Hmm. So oh, they've wow. got about a week, two weeks. But at the moment, they have <laughs> limited staff and little to no players. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what more comes out on such a small schedule mm. um, and how, for any, for any competitors that continue to hang around, how the, how the uh, community will even react to that. Yeah. Because that's also like, a, you don't want to, you don't want to stick around to play the game you love if it also means that you're going to have a reception, uh, a, a reputation put onto you. Right. Exactly. Yes. This is still a developing story. Definitely like go to techraptor.net. If more updates happen this week, you might, we might write about it there. You can keep track of it, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's shaking out at least so far in a way that's, leading toward the wholesomeness and fun or like you know people want to defend that you know i'm, I'm mm -hmm. glad that that's at least where we're where we are so far well let's shift over and talk about some video games i think let's start off with uh the big one crisis core reunion is back zach is back zach is back now um, before we lay any like let's lay some ground rules right like in terms yep. of embargo so I think you can I'm, only talk about the first chapter right now. Uh, at the moment, I can only talk about up to chapter three. 
which is the uh the chapter where zach goes to nope that's way later oops it's very early let's not, on. let's not spoil it yeah like, like how many hours ish like we're talking couple right probably like... the first four or five hours of the game yeah yeah um i mean to anyone who's familiar with the with the original there's like a shit ton of um optional missions and stuff that you can do that unlock as you play or unlock when you meet certain criteria so it probably took me about uh eight or nine hours to get to this point <laughs> right but if you mainlined it pretty early on yeah mm. yep 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 so this is the remake of a of a playstation horrible game yeah so i i did say on the chat that i had with chris on reunion that went up on our youtube on the 29th um that you can go and check out we'll link it below i did incorrectly comment there that you know with with crisis core being off the psp there is now zero reason to own a psp anymore but someone in the comments made a really great uh mention of dissidia the the final fantasy fighting game mm -hmm. which the first two entries of that are still stuck on the psp <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's two reasons still to own a psp yeah <laughs> what's funny too uh the psp version of battlefront 2 is coming out on ps4 ps5 scene too yeah so we'll, which is interesting we'll... so there seems to be maybe we'll get daxter yeah that's <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've been waiting for all my life. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so, very little still happening on the PSP. So, Crisis Core Reunion. Mm -hmm. How how similar or close is it to the original? So far, for, for the first three chapters, absolutely identical story-wise. Mm. Um, which was pretty interesting to see, because it was quite early on in... The Final Fantasy VII remake, like I think it was the first time that Cloud and Aerith meet in the in the remake, that they had that first Spectre show up. Yeah, the, um, the whispers of fate. Yeah. So there's no there's no whispers of fate so far as of Chapter Three. So far, it seems to just be a a remaster. Um, it's a good looking remaster. Some of the the cutscenes look a teeny bit like fuzzy around the edges um you know you can kind of tell that it was either remade but tried to keep some of the same quality of the original or it was like upscaled and they still had a you know non-psp looking version of the original video file somewhere mm. um, well, i should ask too what platform are you playing it on i'm playing it on playstation 5 gotcha because it is available on xbox Everything. pc nintendo switch um, I think Nintendo Switch is going to be a real sweet spot platform to this for this to live on. Yeah. Um, performance issues aside, don't know what those might be like if there are any. It's just kind of an eventuality with with the Switch, sure. but with those with those like three hundred plus missions that you go to, um, that's the kind of like small pick up, play a mission, put down kind of thing that that the Switch is really good for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so far, story seems about the same. Mm -hmm. Gra graphically, it looks, based on the trailers I've seen, it looks improved. Yeah. Just Graphically, you know. it looks way better. They have redone the summon cutscenes. Like, you get the you get the Ifrit summon uh, very, oh, at the beginning of Chapter 2, if you do the mission. Um, 
and like the cutscenes of all of like the different summon and limit break animations are really really fucking nice to see <laughs> but also by the time you're done you know it'll it'll there's a skip option as well <laughs> right, <laughs> in case right. you don't want to watch the the cutscene in the middle of your game for for an, a big attack animation right now from what i remember the original because i never played it uh the combat was weird from what I remember hearing. It doesn't didn't have like a roulette system of some kind or something like that. Yeah, that's how all yeah. of like the limit breaks and stuff trigger. It does the the game in terms of difficulty of a Final Fantasy game, Crisis Core is probably one of the easiest Final Fantasy games you'll ever play. Mm. Um that like just through general playing, but also the roulette wheel. Um can give you all kinds of benefits and boons um, just like mid combat. Uh, and the, the wheel is like always spinning. It'll spin, it'll rest, and then it will just start up again. Um, that you use the limit breaks and the summons when like the three face icons match. But then if you have like, um, if the middle digit of the roulette wheel happens to land on a seven, then for a certain period of time, your MP cost is now zero. Uh -huh. um, or something for like, if you get a seven, any number and a seven, it'll mean that you take no physical damage for a certain amount of time. And then it goes all the way up to, um, you know, you can, you can trigger invincibility mm. um, for a set period of time. So you've got all of these like random boons that are fun. They definitely shift up the way that you would play and the way that you have combat that you might go from fighting an enemy that's weak to fire and you run out of MP. So you need to start using special attacks or your regular attack. And then suddenly you get the notification, oh, all MP is free. And you're like, fuck yeah, like heal up, start spamming attacks again. Um, and it kind of keeps you pushing, shifting, um, altering your strategy. Right. Nice. The game did also used to have all of your attacks were on like a single bar. Um, so if you wanted to use the fire attack, then you would need, and you were currently using your regular attack, you'd need to hit the right trigger, like to move over in that menu to get to fire so that you could use it. In this one, you just hold down a button and then you've got six shortcuts mm. for all of those special materia. So That's it, it, you know, it, it has gotten the update for controller quality of life. Mm. So on the whole, would you say, though, the combat feels pretty much the same on as the, the OG? Whole, I would say that my password is BF9. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I see. I... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there it is. Um, Am I your mirror now? Yeah. <laughs> Could I have you repeat the question, please? I was thinking about my butthole. <laughs> would you say the combat is about the same as the OG? Like, uh, combat the has, original, been, combat has been greatly improved. Improved, okay. Um, it's, it's, you know, faster, quicker to, to adjust strategies in the middle of combat, um, more rewarding. Mm. Um, it's fun. It's really fun, but game's fucking easy. <laughs> And that's before you you can that's before you even go into the kinds of ways that you can you can fuck with and like make busted equipment to to you know very much alter your character. 
Mm, right. But seems like it's a good game so far. It seems like you're having fun with it. Seems like you're enjoying. Yeah. And um, I was I was a big fan of the original as well. The storyline is great. Kind of the story of what happened to the other three first soldiers, um, mm-hmm. aside from Sephiroth, who we all know cracks and goes fucking evil. Right. Um, but it's a really fantastic prologue story. It's kind of you know the story that they tease about Cloud remembering. It's when Cloud self inserts him into the big Nibelheim reactor debacle and um, becoming a first-class soldier. Right. Uh, everything. But, like, if you played through the remake and then you got to the end and you were very confused, this game will probably answer some questions for you. If yeah. you didn't already Google them, you know, two years ago. Yeah, who's that attractive, dark-headed guy wearing Cloud's outfit? Yes. Then Crisis Core will, will fill you in, and I don't know if it's going to tie into... Uh, tie into what happened at the end of seven remake or whether they've just th- thrown a, a true port into the middle of a of a remake with a new tr- i don't know it's all confusing really Square doesn't to make see, sense to see next year's because next year's the next the remake too the remake right yeah. yeah yeah i'm very curious to see where they go from there because mm-hmm. even though a lot of things kind of changed with it they still also stayed relatively the same but that ending segment of remake i'm really curious what that next step is yeah i guess i mean the I, game's been out for a couple of years famously zach dies at the end of crisis core mm-hmm. um so having him and like he dies brutally like uh, and him versus an army and then he's on the ground and he gets shot in the head like he dies brutally with the ending of seven with him standing there looking around saying well i guess that was it and then walking away from the combat he was meant to die in i'm a huge zach fan so i'm I'm really hoping that we see a whole bunch more of him um that's definitely confusing and yeah well he walks away with cloud too yeah in the end of seven remake yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah I, i think what I, I do wonder what reunion's gonna end like because that's the thing if they called this crisis core remake or crisis core remaster i would be more convinced that okay it's just gonna be a one-to-one straight whatever right yeah but i mean i don't know they're calling it weird shit <laughs> like i i maybe the first the preview parts are you know the largely the same but... re-theming as well yeah because it's rebirth is the music the same or did they kind of remix it like they did with remake? Uh, I haven't. I have. If they have remixed the music, it has not been wholly apparent to me. Mm. But I can double check that. I mean, that's one of my favorite components of Final Fantasy games. It's just the yeah. So they've got remake, and we know that the second one is going to be called Rebirth, right? For the second Final Fantasy VII remake video game trilogy yeah brought to you by square i, I can't call it the sequel I, I guess it's a sequel it's weird yeah it's a, it's a sequel for sephiroth but for no one else <laughs> right uh, and then, the that, only one that stands out is intergrade or intermission well it's so, a remake intergrade yeah right so and for them to have reunion as well is like well it's that like that thematically fits but so far, it just seems like a, a port 
like a, a remade port mm-hmm. an enhanced port right have you beaten it uh i do not want to say one way or another at the moment yep. okay. probably fair not to right <laughs> yeah. well, well, i'm just game... curious if you had beaten it would know well, the difference e- even if he has we probably should we shouldn't well yeah I, if i have or have not i cannot say at this time because yes. that is how things work in the industry Yes. <laughs> uh, but that game comes out in, on December 13th. 13th? 13th. Yeah. So, like next week, uh, a little later next week. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, not, not the day after this podcast comes out, but the day after that. And I'll be able to chat. Well, I guess I won't want to chat full spoilers about it next weekend because people still wouldn't have had their chance to, to get their hands on it. But the yeah, review yeah. should be out uh, right. before too long. Yes so stay tuned i'm excited for that definitely can't wait to pick that one up uh rut you've been playing dc's midnight suns sorry marvel's midnight, marvel's midnight suns yeah. the other the other video game universe things. right it was interesting talking about dc universe video games and their impact on kind of the films and stuff like that while i'm playing midnight suns mm-hmm. um which and i think i said this on the podcast uh a long time ago, probably early this year, um, when I saw a lot of Midnight Suns and that it was like card based combat, I immediately waved it off um, mm. because I was like, I am I am sick of card games. I am sick of, of <laughs> like the deck building stuff. Um, but then I started to see the reviews come out and see some of the footage. And I was like, OK, screw it. I'll give it a try. Um, I'm fucking hooked. Um, it is. It's XCOM, but instead of um, using abilities, you have a deck of cards. Mm. Um, and those deck of cards do exactly what they say. So it's not like you're standing right next to the the lizard waifu and uh, shooting her point blank in XCOM, and it says you have a 78% chance in this. Um, it's just they hit, and it there's none of that frustration. Oh, so there's no like percent chance of worrying. Right. Correct. It's just you play this card. I want to hit this enemy. Done. Um, and in, I think one of my favorite components of the combat is that you can. There's certain abilities that you do knockback, and you can slam enemies into each other to do extra damage. Slam Ooh. them into the environment. Um, even like pick up boxes and throw them at people. Mm, kind um, of into damage. the breach, like yeah. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, I've found myself trying to, like, a lot of it is is still tactical in terms of, like, you. for some of them, it's purely just take out all the enemies. For others, you are um, trying to capture um, an important person. And so you've got to take down one of the enemies that has, like, a protective barrier over that person, and then you can play the card to capture them. Mm. Um and so there's there's some kind of strategy around that, like, okay, I could focus on him, but then there's all these other enemies that are just going to light my dudes up. Um, and then there's a little bit of movement. So there's none of the kind of XCOM move your characters into position type stuff. When you play an ability, your character moves into the right range to do it. Oh, nice. And then you get, like, at least for now, one move per turn so that if, say, my uh, my magic is in a in the range of a barrel i'm gonna blow up i can move her and then play an ability to blow up that barrel Mm, Um, so 
the combat has taken me by surprise in terms of like what, what kind of size squads do you control three so three okay. heroes you go out on missions um there's story missions there's general missions and it's all kind of it's all intertwined like um they're you're in this abbey essentially and you have some of the avengers there you have this group called the midnight suns who are made up of characters from other franchises so you've got um and this won't really spoil anything you've got ghost rider you've got nico from marvel's runaways um you've got uh i've heard blade is in it right blade is in it like blade um who else tony stark Doctor Strange, Strange yeah. magic from the X-Men. Isn't, isn't Venom in it? Venom is oh. an enemy. Yeah, so oh, okay. Spider-Man comes in at some point. Okay. I don't think Wolverine. I've unlocked every single. Wolverine, I just discovered. Yeah, because he's um, on the cover, so like... Yeah. Like yeah. A, a big who's who's of the, the big names from Marvel across the franchises. Yeah. yeah, and like Bruce Banner makes a small appearance because a lot of what's going on in the, the game is gamma-related. And so mm. he's kind of like advising Tony and um, Captain Marvel's in it. Um, but throughout the game, like you're basically just... You're playing it in phases. So like you'll have a day phase where you'll go down to the forge you'll um craft new upgrades for the abbey um upgrade cards upgrade characters um you do like sparring um you can spar with a character once a day and that increases your friendship level and offers additional like bonuses and so there's this whole friendship component can you sit down and have tea or potentially pet the heads of the people during the day as you're exploring the happy yes so you have a, a demon dog um that you can pet every day wow. and there's benefits <laughs> to doing that um there's well, also I, a cat you can pet um, i think stretch I wants earlier. To, i think stretch wants to pet wolverine can we pet oh, wolverine um probably not um, but you, you can like do these like pet. hangouts um so like during the day phase and then there's kind of the night phase that you get into after a mission um you can talk to people answer questions and you'll based on your responses you can gain um friendship or you can gain like it's there's a light and dark component to where if you answer a lot of light questions you start getting light abilities and vice versa ah, um, okay and it also unlocks like other things um but the friendship component is actually really good like the conversations with the characters are interesting and they'll tie into things that we know have happened um I don't know where this is set because Wanda's still alive, um, but there's mm. also kind of reference to what happened to her in the MCU. So there's, it's definitely not canon. There's no way this is canon. Right. Um, Un unlike the DC universe right now, the games correct. and the movies are not. It, they are, it is very not in, in step, but there's still references to Thanos and all that kind of stuff. So a lot of what you know still kind of bleeds in a little bit, but the, like, the conversations with the characters are just they they've taken me by surprise the writing is very good in mm. terms of like they really capture the personalities of tony stark and ghost rider and and all that kind of stuff um so you find yourself not wanting to just blow through the story but also like interact with the characters at during the day and at night and mm. all that kind of stuff and are all those conversations voice acted or is it all reading They're all voice acted wow okay and i mean each conversation probably has five to seven lines 
um, each one with a different response to your dialogue choices. Mm. So it's it's a lot. There's a lot of meat there. Right. Um, so does it seem like this will lead to a whole bunch of missable stuff down the line? Like, are you are you anticipating that there'll be like kind of conversations that you need to have a certain level of friendship to be able to progress further with? Or are there any missions that are like, oh, you need to be not just acquaintances, but besties with uh, like loyalty quests? To, yeah. It's tied into the forge component. So you you do research um, every like you get up every morning and the main things you can do are talk to people, research the sparring and then go out on missions. Um, the forge and the like the research is tied to things like take a certain character out on a certain number of missions, okay. have a certain friendship level, craft items, like a lot of the different components tie into improving the Abbey and adding additional bonuses. Mm. Um, like there's an upgrade for the, the sparring area that once you get it, um, you get more friendship or whatever. I can't remember what it is, but there's um, it kind of enhances what you've got. Yeah, just systems that like funnel into each other to like let some scaling happen. Right. Exactly. And then around oh. the Abbey is an open world. So like part of the story is that um, it's it involves Agatha a little bit. So there's a lot of kind of witchcraft references, but there's this world around the Abbey to explore and find other little tidbits. So you find like worn journal pages and um you find you're basically unlocking um, abilities and words of power through uh, interacting with um, the world around the Abbey. Mm. Um, and that's a core part of the story is progressing through that. Um, so you've got the mission component and you can basically like, I think at one point I did, I skipped the story mission like, 10 times in a row and just kept doing general missions <laughs> just to see if it was eventually be like, dude, play the fucking game. Um, and but it's still like, it, yeah, has it. it just lets me keep doing it, keep building up my decks, um, keep kind of getting more currency to build up the Abbey and stuff like that. Nice. Um, so it's really kind of like play how you want for the most part. Like there's some things where it'll be like, Hey, you need to do the story component. Mm. But overall, it, it doesn't force you to do anything. That's pretty nice. Can I, I want to ask you about the card mechanic because that's something I want to wrap my head around. So like you go out in a squad of three, right? Mm -hmm. So is it like you have your Wolverine cards and your Blade cards and your et cetera cards? Or is it like the cards are kind of general and then depending on which character you pick, it executes in a different way? Like how does all that interact? Every every character has its own deck. And so okay. you you have eight cards in your deck um and then at the start of every turn you draw three and they're random they could be any characters um cards and you get uh three card plays per turn with the note that cards that have quick on them if you ko an enemy you get that card draw back or that card play back so mm -hmm. like there's incentive to taking out kind of this smaller level henchman with those quick cards and then saving your more powerful cards for the larger enemies. Right. Um, and then you can redraw. So if, you know, a good example is like Dr. Strange is KO'd right now. I can redraw his cards and use Iron Man's cards or something mm -hmm. along those lines. But it is, it's a pool of cards that you pull from. Right. Um, and it's, it's character specific cards. Yeah. 
Correct. Okay. And then you can upgrade those cards to kind of add extra bonuses as well. Oh, like the Battlefront 2 loot boxes. Sure. Um, <laughs> less predatory? Hopefully. Um, yeah. No, I mean, there's at least from what I've seen, there's no there's no monetization either. It's mm. purely it, everything is like every cosmetic is tied to um, either unlocking chests in the world or crafting or uh, kind of friendship level stuff. Yeah, um, I think if you buy like the super special editions, you get like free, like not free. You get costumes as part of it that you pay for. But probably otherwise, yeah, you, it sounds like you can also craft or find other costumes in the game, too, which is neat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's there's there's a lot of components. I don't think I've I've unlocked everything yet. Like I just unlocked the gift shop to mm. where at night characters will want to like hang out. Um and so you can be like, I want to go play video games with Tony Stark. Um nice. and He's you a can pro give gamer. Tony Yeah, pro gamer. Uh absolutely at least kicks your ass in the in the cutscene. Um <laughs> and then you can like give gifts. And so you can tailor some gifts to specific people. Like I gave Nico a candle. Mm. Um, that had some witchcraft level of um, focus to it. And she liked that a lot. Nice. So there's kind of that component as well to where you can kind of get to know the characters and, and give them gifts that they like. Hi, mm. Mr. Tony Stark. I bought you this $12 box of chocolates. Please be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and last question from me. How many hours in are you and... Just based on that, how many more do you expect before you roll credits? I'm 11 hours in. Um, wow. And a lot of wow. that has been just kind of exploring and playing missions and, and stuff like that. Like the gameplay loop is very uh, satisfying. Mm. Um, in a lot of games where you have a bunch of missions, I feel like I've usually gotten kind of tired um, because and I think it's because that this like relationship aspect isn't a part of it. Right. And you don't kind of like get familiar with and, and get kind of attached to the characters as easily. Um, like obviously in XCOM, if your character dies, they die. There's no further interaction. Right. Um, so I'll be curious to see kind of how it, how it proceeds from here. I'm, they keep introducing new villains. So like the, one of the early ones is Venom. Mm. Um, then there's uh, Sabretooth is who I just ran into. Um, and I don't know who's after that. So mm -hmm. Can't wait to see Dark Side um, in this one. <laughs> it, it makes sense that they're doubling down into Agatha too, with everything going on there. Because tell you what, Marvel definitely doesn't have things narratively tie into each other, but product placement is there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very um, witchcraft focused yeah. um, in terms of the story, and like you're literally in an abbey in a multi-dimensional Salem. So oh, dope. it's, yeah. And you have like magic. She opens up portals to the real world or like the outside world for you to go on missions. Right. Uh, okay. So there's, there's kind of that, that, uh, Dr. Strange multi-dimensional aspect to it as well. Wait, so this is just the Dragon Ball Xenoverse of the Marvel games. <laughs> That's what this is, right? Yes, I haven't played Dragon Ball Xenoverse. So. It's um, a similar idea. You're like in this weird pocket dimension and you go into the real world. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and and they, they even kind of address that a bit in that and at, right at the start of the game, it's Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, and original Ghost Rider. 
Uh, and then you get back to the Abbey and it's Ravi Reyes. Ghost Rider. Interesting. Um, and then there's, you know, magic is no longer part of the X-Men. And, and there's definitely a lot of like uh, not canon things going on, like mm. things that aren't, you know, universally held. So they're definitely taking some liberties and really making it interesting. Right. That's fun though. It always it's always good to go into a new Marvel property and be like, okay, what's the setup here? Like what's yeah. going on? What has happened? What hasn't happened? Who has what abilities at this time? Mm-hmm. Um that kind of and stuff. And they walk you fun. through it too. Like you literally talk to each character and ask questions. And like it'll give you if if you decide to, you can skip that part if you want. But like that's cool. You can you can talk to Blade about his backstory. And at one point he's mm-hmm. you know talking about all of this like he's he's literally writing like a uh vampire fighting book which i thought was hilarious um and and just these unique little conversations that that may have never been a touch point if they hadn't done yeah right cool that's fun highly recommend if you're into marvel in any way shape or form marvel's midnight suns probably a big surprise the biggest surprise the past week i feel like this is my game of the year contender at the moment like i'm enjoying it that much uh and i think for a lot of reviewers it was in the 9 to 9.5 range as well so this is a very late end of year like sleeper i think nice well i've been playing another uh not late end of year but an end of year definitely a game of the year contender I've been playing Sonic Frontiers. Um, Definitely a game that released this year. <laughs> it is It is one of the games of the year. Um, I think my favorite thing about the game so far is uh, I was playing it, and then uh, my girlfriend was in the other room, and she was just hearing the game, okay? Just hearing the sound effects and the music. And then she comes in without her glasses on and looks at the screen it's like oh why are you playing breath of the wild again <laughs> which is maybe my favorite thing about amazing the game perfection truly amazing because that game it sounds like breath of the wild although the, the sound effects every time you solve a puzzle it sounds just like you solved a puzzle in the shrine from breath of oh, the wild man. Yeah, and then of course the big, the first world is that big green open field, mm-hmm. which you know look, can look a lot like Hyrule or parts of Hyrule, right? So it it very much is the game where Team Sonic Team looked at Nintendo creating Breath of the Wild and were like, we want to do that, but for Sonic, and that that's exactly what what I've been playing is is Sonic Breath of the Wild. Um, all of that aside, though, I still think this is definitely the best Sonic game to come out since Mania, like easily, and yeah. even before that. Like, I mean, it's it does but feel it's the first fresh. Good Sonic, good 3D Sonic game in a long since, time. Yeah, since Generations, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it feels pretty good to run around and do your Sonic things. I'm glad that a majority of the gameplay is just play on him running, because I mean. It, he's sonic right he runs fast that's kind of his whole shtick um and so like, even the the side loop thing which we've seen that seen him do that in the trailers and the gameplay where he like kind of creates a blue line and like trails around him and if you create a circle and you close the loop it does like a big hurricane in the middle so you use that to solve puzzles you use that in fights you use that to like take off armor and stuff like that so it's it's a nice mechanic that plays on his strengths. The rest of the combat is 
is there. It um just keep mashing square and Sonic hits them. That's kind of it's very not that deep. They give you these extra abilities. Like if you keep mashing square and then you press triangle, you do a quick side loop. Or you keep mashing square, and then you press this button and that button, you do a big stomp or a zigzag and stomp on them again. You know, they, they add these flashy things, but at the end of the day, it's just like you're hitting them to do damage and they blow up. But it's it's very straightforward, right? It's not very uh mechanically deep and I, I wouldn't say like like it's it's a basic level of satisfying but i feel like it will not be satisfying if i keep playing this for another 10 hours because it's, it's kind of the same thing right um but yeah i think i'm, in, I'm overall enjoying sonic frontiers it's it's better than i think anyone was expecting which is which is like you know not bad right I mean, that's the consensus on Twitter, too, is that it took a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. And the cyberspace levels are nice. They're like, they're just short enough where they break up the, the pace a bit and they're still, they feel like, you know, a good 3D Sonic level. So if you're looking for that, the cyber levels are pretty good for it, but they're only like a minute or two long. They're nice little bite-sized things. It's it's fun to keep going back through them to like S-rank it and yeah, collect all the Yeah, some of those time trials are fucking hard too. Yeah, the, the, one of the first ones, like one, two, that one's <laughs> fucking hard. The rest of them, I've gotten everything done. Yeah. But that one was, I still haven't tried that one yet. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, Sonic Frontiers ain't bad. Story so far is bad though um it, it's not believable the voice acting is pretty mid and the story is just kind of i don't know it's it's told in a way that's that feels very like late 90s anime where it's all kind of disconnected a bit yeah because yeah because like to unlock the story right or like the the cutscenes you have to go like you find amy in the world and you have to give her these hearts and if you just roam around the world you collect them so you just you're kind of running from point A to point B, just like activating cutscenes until mm -hmm. the story happens. So it just I don't know. It doesn't quite feel as integrated. And it's also like all of the all of the things that you need to get the hearts, the gears, and stuff like the gears that open the 3D levels. They're just kind of like dropped by enemies. Yeah. Um, I've only played a little bit of it myself, but there didn't seem to be too much rhyme or reason as to like I'd just be fighting an enemy in the overworld and it'd be like boom, you got a gear. But then I'd also fight like one of those like giant colossus things that you'd need to run up the side and hit and stuff. And then I'd be like, you got a gear. It's like, uh, the same Did reward? I? What? <laughs> yeah, like with the first time you get a gear, they're very like, this is a very important item, which to me yeah. sounds like, oh, these are like Chaos Emerald level, like unique and rare. Mm -hmm. But no, they, you get them from the big enemies. And then every time a blood moon happens, it's not a blood moon. It's it's not called that, but it's basically a similar mechanic. Um, all the big bosses respawn anyway. So you could theoretically farm the gears. So not, like not that you need to. I've never felt the need where I'm like, I run into a yeah. thing where I'm like, I don't have the resource to do it. Like, I've never had that so far. I'm maybe six, seven hours in. Still on the first island, but I think I'm getting close to like finishing it. I think I've played like the first four or five 3D levels and then just explored the, the island. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, the I island like is nice. Finding Koroks. I mean, uh, Cocos. Cocos. Not Koroks. Cocos. <laughs> and uh, and checks notes, turning them in for speed upgrades and attack yep. upgrades. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Definitely not not Koroks. 
at all. No. Oh, this is kind of weird, though. Something that is definitely annoying me right now is you can only at first hold up to 400 rings and then you can upgrade your ring wallet eventually. But I find mm -hmm. no use for that when you can like it's either your speed or your ring capacity. And I'm like, why the fuck would you not upgrade your speed like ever? Um, and so when you hit 400 rings maximum, the game stops to play a cutscene of Sonic charging up and getting a blue aura and electricity. And like the camera swings around him and then zooms in on his eyes and he like closes his eyes and he opens them and looks at the camera determined. Because then when you have 400, like your maximum ring count, you can move a little bit faster. Which is great because your boost is like super fast and then your normal running is just a little faster, but the boost is like fucking, you go fast, right? But it's so weird and jarring that a game about moving fast moves to a standstill to play a four-second cutscene to tell you constantly you can go faster. Yes. I think you can also then, like, you know, like, that's good, but you can also give yourself a bit of a speed boost anyway by just, like, drawing a psi loop. Or if you, if you draw a psi loop in the infinity symbol, then you get infinite max boost. Oh, is that? Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah done so that it's one. like collect 400 coins and this, that don't get hit because you'll lose a shit ton of coins or just draw a, an eight on its side on the ground. And then you mm -hmm. can go fast for as long as you fucking want. Yeah. Because that when you have immediately invalidates the stamina system. Yeah. Yeah, although when you max out your rings, though, that, that boost is super fast. So having an infinite, yeah. super fast boost, that's not bad. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely a benefit. Um, yeah. I guess yeah, the just... first island never felt large enough to... No. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you run from one end of the island to the other, it, it, takes, it would take you maybe like a minute, a minute and a half with yeah. infinite boost. Like, it's not that big to the point where you can't find your way around, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that does it for this week's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed. And if you did, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on and let us know in the comments down below. Have you picked up Marvel Midnight Suns? Is there anyone that's your favorite so far? Do you like Blade and his vampire uh, vampire fighting book? Is that what you said? Fighting guide? I think Survival so, yeah. yeah. If you're enjoying all of that, let us know in the comments below. Chime in with your favorite party member. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter while that's still alive or Instagram and TikTok. We're, uh, we're looking for, you know, we're, we're looking to just chat with you guys, interact, let us know there. We will chat here. It'll be a nice little dual conversation going on. Uh, if you want more stuff from us, news, features, reviews, etc., we will be at techraptor.net. But if you want more of this show, we will be back next Monday. And we will see you then. Bye.